G'day, friends. Welcome back. Well, Melbourne continued their reign as the number one team. Uh, will the Giants have a new coach by the by? And once again, the AFL absolutely nails Anzac round. Let's get into it. <laughs> Now, once again, I am a little bit crook. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't tell, it's not COVID this time. Thank fuck for that. Um, I just got a really rotten, regular cold. So I'm going to work my way through this, and and we'll see how I go. Um, it's the reason I didn't do the podcast on Tuesday. I just wasn't well enough, so I am doing it on Wednesday night. And yeah, we'll see. How we go. All right, so we're going to start off with, all the way back on Friday night, the Mighty Saints getting their fifth win in a row. 77-60 to 60 against the Giants. Oh, excuse me. Um, before I talk about, you know, Higgins and Battle and everyone who was, you know, clearly fantastic, I want to talk about two St. Kilda midfielders who have returned to their best form this year um, when I when I was convinced it was behind them. And that's Brad Crouch and Seb Ross. They have both been absolutely fantastic this year. I've got them both at the moment in the top five of our best and fairest. They are both playing brilliantly. And, you know, coming into this year, if if it got to round one and, and you know, the, the squad didn't have either of them in it, you know, they were like, we've got a couple of these draftees that we really like, you know, some, you know, players like Ryan Burns and, you know, McKenzie, who have sort of, you know, who have come along really nicely and worked their way into the team. And there just isn't space to fit a Crouch or a Ross. You know, we, we think that, you know, the game has maybe gone past them and they're not, you know, giving their, their, their best football regularly enough to be in the best team. I would have gone, yep, that's about what I expect. Not surprised by that very much at all. But both of them, like Crouch, this is his second year at the club. So Crouch took a little while to get going last year um, for whatever reason. He, he had a couple of nice games, but he's, he's, he was very much his, his accumulating, his accumulating, excuse me, self. Lots of possessions, not a lot of damage, right? He's still getting plenty of the ball this year, but he is hurting the opposition. He's using it really, really nicely. And Seb Ross, remember back to 2017, Seb Ross was in the All-Australian squad of 40. He was a very, very, very good midfielder. That was one of the years that he won St Kilda's best and fairest. Um, and, and, you know, sort of 2019, 2020, 2021, he, you know, as we brought in these guys, like as Steele got really good and Gresham got more midfield time and, and midfield was looking relatively healthy. He sort of found himself 
on the wing a little bit, on half back a little bit, a little bit of half forward, still rotating through the middle, but not being, you know, a full game permanent midfielder. He's returned to that this year. And it's it's been the absolute best thing for him. He has been brilliant. He's back to that, you know, best and fairest winning form that he was in, you know. But the difference is now that we've got a lot of other players in the team who are just as good as that. So back then it was really him and Jack Stephen that was sort of doing everything. Now there's a much nicer, more even spread. But yeah, it's it's really, really fantastic to see the two of them playing so well. Um, obviously, Jack Higgins, another fantastic game. People saying at the moment he's the All-Australian forward pocket. Brilliant. Good. Hope hope that stays true. Um, he's having a really, really bloody good year. Um, a lot of people are talking about his forward craft, and I think it's excellent. You know, the the like the the phrase cheating is a bit misleading. When people say that, they're not saying that he's cheating, but they they're saying that he's he he's basically relying on his teammates to do a little bit more of the hard work so that he can get this a bit of an easy goal. But if, if you sort of watch him, you know, he does it a little bit, but all small forwards do this a little bit. You know, they have little tricks because it's the hardest position on the ground to play. Look at Cody Waitman, you know, look at these guys. They, you know, they've all got little tricks. Toby Green, all got little tricks. But if you watch Jack, he is watching the play very, very closely and he reads it brilliantly. The second he identifies that a turnover is happening, the second he identifies that the ball is going to be coming back his way pretty soon, he's off. He's gone. See ya. And that's why when that kick inside 50 happens, you know, four seconds later, he's suddenly 30 meters from his opponent because he, he left. He left five seconds ago because he knew it was going to happen. Whereas it's taken his defender and it's taken the other St. Kilda forwards a few seconds more to realize what's going on. He's gone. See ya. You've got no chance, right? So that's, you know, that's how he's getting all these goals. And he had seven shots on goal. He missed, those three that he missed were not difficult. I'm pretty sure all three that he missed were all pretty close. And he was trying, he was snapping and he was, he, you know, his, his goal kicking routine, he gets a little bit excited, Sometimes, sometimes, you know, like I think he missed his first two, then he got another one, but I think the, the three that he missed were all early in the game, and he was a little bit like, as soon as he misses one, he feels such a strong urge to fix it, he's like, oh fuck, I gotta kick this next one, I gotta kick it, gotta kick it, and he sort of rushes it and makes mistakes, he does do that, um, but no, no, he was excellent, and, and yeah, look, I know Max King kicked one goal seven, which isn't good. That's really bad. It's really, really bad. But I gotta say, it's still eight shots on goal, which isn't bad. Um, I just hope that he's now at a stage in his career where this isn't going to spiral into a thing where he spends, you know, another, you know, where he spends half the season not kicking well. Hopefully this is just a one-off, one-game, shocking night in front of the sticks. Um... Rightfully so, Josh Battle is getting a lot of praise for what he did um, throughout this game. So obviously, um, pretty early on, we lose Jack Hayes, ACL, um, second ruck, 
as if you've listened to the podcast a bit, you know that I just loathe ACL injuries. They are just the cruelest, most demented thing in football. Like it's so, it's such a nothing injury. I was just changing direction and now I don't get to do my job for a year. Like, ah, oh, it's, it's so cruel and it, I feel so bad for him. Like he's, he's just got a crack at it. He, he's, this is his fifth, no, his fourth game, fourth or fifth game. Oh, he's, he's, oh, he's just broken. I think it's his fifth game. Just starts to play. He's, he's living his dream and he's playing really well. And then, and then the footy gods just go, no, 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 no. You got to wait another year. You're going to sit on five games for another year before you can have another go. Uh, it's just, it's fucked. And, he, and he's 26. So he doesn't have, it's not like he's 18. And he's got his whole career. You know, he's got half of a career. You know, so every every injury he has is, is more cruel because he's got less time. Uh, it's, it just sucks. Breaks your heart. But, you know, that happens sometimes. So we lose Hayes early. And then Marshall was carrying a little bit of a corky from the previous week. And then he got a second corky basically in the same spot. So he couldn't move. He could get like from in this, I think it was the entire second half. He couldn't get around. He, he was hardly on the ground. So it, it fell onto Josh Battle, who was doing a really, really good job in defense, was taking intercept marks. He took a nice specky in the first quarter. He was playing brilliantly. He's having a great year. Um, but he moves into the ruck. And when he went into the ruck, we were in a bit of trouble. So through the middle of the game, the Giants were good. That they were basic. They basically held a two-goal lead for most of the middle part of the game. We just couldn't bridge it. They were doing really well, and then battle goes into the middle, and it totally changes the entire dynamic of our team. Right. So, I think he, I think he attended a lot of hitouts because he he suddenly became our number one ruckman. I think he won one of them. I think he got one hit out <laughs> as a stat, but. What he was doing around the ground in his follow-up work, Bruce had nothing on him. What Bruce is like Goliath, and he's just lumbering after you. He's getting these easy taps, but then Battle's just roving them. He, he was like an extra midfielder in there who's 192 centimetres or whatever he is. He completely changed the setup of our midfield, and it won us the game. The injection of his athleticism, you know, he's, he's tackling, he's chasing, his pressure, everything, adding him into the center, it, it, it totally changed how we looked. The, the second he went in there, you could see it, watched it happen. It was amazing. Now, it, it that wouldn't work. Like, I don't think, like, St. Kilda have now put a number of years into setting up a game plan designed around two Ruckman, right? So, you know, probably this will be the last year where we have the Ryder-Marshall combo. I think Ryder hangs it up at the end of this year. But then you can, looking forward, they're going to go Marshall-Hayes or it'll be Marshall-Heath. Looks like Heath's coming along really nicely. This is what they're planning for. But, you know, I think having Battle there, like, Battle's only, what, 23 like, he's not old. He's still... He might be 24. I don't know. Um, but... No, I think he's only 23. Um, 
But having him there in case you have a catastrophe, like both your Ruckman go down, or maybe your number one Ruckman goes down, and you're left with a Hayes or a Heath, who who aren't quite at that level, to have Battle who could rotate through and give you such an edge, such a such a point of difference is such a valuable thing to have. And I thought he was I thought he was our second best player. Higgins was our best player. He was great. But I thought Battle was our second best player pretty comfortably. He was fucking excellent. And another player I was really wrapped with was Wilkie. So it was sort of hard to tell because Green, Toby Green didn't have a whole lot of the ball. But it looked like early on in the game, they were going with sort of a pattern Webster double team. They were sort of rotating off him. They, they both looked like they spent a bit of time on him. And it wasn't re- like he was getting, he only kicked the one goal, but he was getting a bit, a little bit of the ball. He was causing a little bit of headaches. So in the second half, I think it was, or so at some point in the third quarter, at some point early in the second half of the game, Wilkie goes to him. And I didn't see him again for the rest of the night. Um, Wilkie is our most underrated player. By a good way, I think he's you know he's he's one of the best medium defenders in the competition. Medium defender who plays like a key defender, basically. Um, but his ability to play on a player like Toby Green and a player like Taylor Walker and do a job on either of them, it, he is such a bloody amazing player, amazing mature age pickup from a couple of years ago. Just. Awesome. And yeah, he was he was great at shutting down green. Um The Giants. The Giants we had a bit of grief. They're not doing too good. Um their midfield is their strength, obviously. I thought Callan Ward was really good. Gotta give him credit. I thought he was very, very good. Um he's always been like a you know, a warrior. He's a great player. But um gee whiz, they they should have won this game. They should, like, we lose both of our Ruckman and they've got a behemoth like Bruce in there. They should have won this game. They had us by two goals like halfway through the third quarter or whatever it was. They should have won this game, but they just, when battle went into the middle and we started to get a bit of momentum, we got a bit pumped up, we were feeling good, our ball movement improved, we were getting clearances. And they just didn't have any answer for it. They had nothing. And they continued time and time again to be slack on Jack Higgins. And he made them pay time and time again. And, you know, that they... Uh, and even though he only kicked the one goal, King was getting plenty of the ball. So, like, Sam Taylor did a pretty good job. But besides Sam Taylor, what it, like, Hayes, he's sort of like the intercepting sort. He's not really a shutdown key defender. So, you know, that they're... they're their back line, I don't know, is it a bit lean? You know, that they had Connor Iden forward in the first half, wasn't really working, so they threw him back when we started to get on top. It, it, uh, I don't know, I think the list that they've got, they shouldn't only have one win under their belt, especially against Gold Coast. They should have won on Friday night. So, like looking at where they're at, you look at how long he's been coach. Um, there's always already been a lot of comparisons made to Buckley's tenure. I think that Cameron is going to be gone by the midpoint of the year. I think they'll do what they did with Buckley. 
Um, they'll they'll announce that he's being stood down. You know, the club has reached a mutual blah 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 blah. They'll announce it uh, with one game left before the bye, so that he can have a farewell game or whatever. And then whoever they appoint, whoever the you know the next guy is, has got that bye week as an extra bit of you know preparation for the second half of the year. I think that's you know it's hard to see that not happening. All the talk about you know, oh we've agreed to shelve the contract talks. Like any time you hear anything like that, that's bad news. It's bad news for whoever whoever's contract it is that you're talking about. It's bad news. Um, yeah, so not good for the Giants. But yes, I'm very very happy with how St Kilda are going. Five and one. Can't ask for much more. We've got a bit of a tough run coming up. We've got Port Adelaide in Cairns this week on Saturday night. So who knows where they're at. Be an interesting game. But then we've got Melbourne and then we've got Geelong. So we got a, um, I mean, we're not beating Melbourne, but we got Geelong at Marvel. So we, we, if we really got to show what we're made of, we've got to beat the Cats. Got to. Um, all right. On to... One of the next game, which was the Bulldogs versus the Crows at Ballarat. And you think, oh, in Ballarat, poor Adelaide. You know, they're going to play the Dogs in Ballarat. It's not what they thought. <laughs> oh, there's, so, there's so many interesting teams at the moment. So the Giants, who we thought were a finals contending team, they look like they're totally they're done. Essendon, same thing. They look like they're done. The Dogs, I thought they were going to be minor premiers. They've only won the two games. One of them against North Melbourne. They look absolutely horrendous. Like, and and to be fair, Adelaide are playing marvellous football. They're playing brilliantly. When you look like they're consistently, I think, putting out the youngest team every week, but they've got just the way that they're playing is so exciting. It's very watchable. You can see that they like to play this way. Matty Nix has got something good figured out. They're going really, really well. And, and you know, Taylor Walker comes back in. What's been three weeks now, he has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. If he continues on this run, he's, he's going to suddenly be leading the Coleman medal. He's, he, he's definitely paying them back for the, for the games that he wasn't there for what he did. Um, you, you can see that he, like, I haven't seen him in this form since they were, you know, the best team in the land. Uh, Ben Keys as well, obviously just in cracking form. Second week in a row, I've written both their names down. He's going brilliantly. Billy Frampton had a really good game. He's sort of been, when, you know, when he went across from Port Adelaide, he was, you know, not really playing. Is he forward? Is he a defender? What's he sort of, you know, and he was great. In defence, he played really well. Um, yeah, Adelaide are going brilliantly, and and the dogs are just lost everywhere. You know, when they added, you know, I said this a few times. When they added O'Brien, I thought, oh yes, now their now their back line's going to be really really solid, and the forward line's going to be just fine. They just got to wait for Bruce to come back, and they're going to be great. They're going to be all set. They they are falling apart. Yeah, they've got some key injuries, but, and that's sort of the excuse that Beveridge went with. He goes, yeah, we've got some injuries and the next tier of players just aren't ready. 
I, I don't buy that. Their midfield, especially, runs so deep. They got so much ability in their midfield. It should be able to make up for a lack of strength in other areas of the ground. I think the injury that has definitely hurt them and is going to hurt them until he returns is English. English was, you know, probably first or second best ruck in the comp until he got hurt. Um, so until until he gets back, they are going to, you know, have a hard time. But God, I don't, I, I don't see where this form has come from. It doesn't make sense. It, I don't get it, you know. I, I, you know, they're, they're doing this Bontempelli forward thing. I think he has to go back into the middle. He has to. He has to. He just... Uh, that they... Like I said, for what they have in there, they should be dominating in the middle of the ground. And they're just not. They're not dominating anywhere. And, you know, I mentioned O'Brien. You know, he's, he's coming to the team and he's just, you know, he, he isn't doing what they need him to do, especially with... um. Bloody, what's his name? Keith. Keith out. Shaki. What fucking position is he playing in? Is he a forward? Is he a, is he a defender? He, you know, he, he can't hold his spot in the team. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, maybe that, you know, that, that second tier of players that Bevo's talking about, maybe he's right. Maybe it is these guys like O'Brien and Shaki who, you know, are very capable but just aren't, you know, when they are needed. You know, when, like, they had to win this game. They had to. And it was there to be won. And, like, those guys just didn't stand up. You know, it's it's those few brilliant players that the Dogs have got at the moment doing it on their own. So, you know, they need they need a bit of help. Um, suddenly, this next stretch of games, which, you know, which a week ago we were like, oh, you know, they're basically going to win them all and they'll be back in the top eight all of a sudden. Now they, now, like... Every game is a must-win over this next little stretch. They just have to win them. Because if they drop another one of these next sort of, I think it's four or five very winnable games that they've got, if they drop another one, oh, that they might be done. You know, they're still very much going to be able to scratch and claw their way back into the eight. But they just have to start now. They needed to start. They went to start last week, but now they have to start now. Oh, yeah, not good. Another team that is going not good is the West Coast Eagles, and they were belted by Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide got their first win of the year. I'm starting to think that the Eagles are going to be shit regardless of the COVID stuff and of the injuries. I, I think, like, they're starting to get players back, and they look absolutely horrendous. I think suddenly they've just gotten old and gotten... Not good all at once. And, you know, there is, you, you do have to consider all these players that have had COVID, it may be continuing to affect them. Don't know. Um, it might be continuing to affect, to affect me. That's why I'm still sick. I don't know. Um, but, gee whiz, just, and like Port Adelaide had been really, really poor. First five weeks of the year, we knew they were going to bob up and, win eventually when they play well they're always going to play fantastically but and I don't think anyone would have thought West Coast were ever going to win this game but to lose this way like 
14 goals is just a disgrace. It's not good. And look, I don't know. I don't know. It's really, really hard to judge the Eagles. But as as the year goes on, and, and look, their, their attitude around all this has been fantastic. They've been awesome, right? Adam Simpson's been awesome. But they're starting to get players back, you know, that they're... You know, now, now they've got Darling back in and Kennedy back in and Shuey and, you know, Yo. And there's been a lot of talk about Yo's, you know, behavior in the game. And, you know, yeah, it's fair enough to be frustrated. But if they're, if they're just going bad, if this is just when the Eagles are going to have to do a rebuild, you fucking suck it up. Don't go tossing your mouth guard around. Sometimes you just, and you know, you've been lucky that you, this whole time you've been at the Eagles, they haven't been a bad team. They've been a good team this entire time. But maybe this is just the time where you're going to suck for a bit. Everyone has to do it. Get over it. I get you, I get you, you're frustrated, but just settle down. Settle down. Yeah. And, and like you look at the, they let Port Adelaide have two seven goal quarters that's un that's just unbelievable like I, I think like when you look at that it's hard to see them not finishing bottom even when you consider how north melbourne are going which is saying something oh but to be fair port adelaide good on yous well done not only did you get your first win for the year it was a tremendous win huge Marshall and Finlayson kicked five goals each. When Finlayson went across to Port Adelaide, I was very confused. Because he, he spent his entire career being third fiddle at the Giants, behind Cameron, and then second fiddle behind Himmelberg last year. Um, and, and then he you know came across to Port Adelaide like, oh, he's going to be third or fourth fiddle when they got Dixon, Marshall, and Georgiades in there. When's he going to get to play? <laughs> So he, he's been a bit fortunate with the Dixon injury, um, but he's playing well. He's doing a good job. And, you know, when, when Dixon is fit again, they're going to have to look at Georgiades, Marshall, Dixon, Finlayson, who is playing well. And at, at the moment, I don't think Georgiades would be the one who's going to hold his spot. I think the other three would. Um, and he's also, you know, he's a good second ruckman given they lost Laddams to Sydney. So... You know, he's, he's doing quite well. Um, Carl Amon was initially dropped from the team, and then he ended up playing anyway. Um, a lot of talk about him and St Kilda. It's too fucking early to be talking about this stuff. Oh, my God. I, I do not have the energy or the willpower to start thinking about the trade period in fucking April. Oh, good grief. No. I don't care if he... Oh, yeah, I want to come to St Kilda. Love this. I love the Saints. My mum works at the Saints. I want to come to St Kilda. Cool. Save it. Save it for October. Just wait. Okay? And I find it really hard to believe that's the reason he was dropped from the team. That he's gone to Port Adelaide. Oh, I don't want to play here next year. So they've gone, they've, they've chucked a little hissy fit. Got right. Okay. You don't, oh, you, don't, you don't like us? Fine. You don't get to play. Yeah. So it's, it, that was really, really weird. That stuff. When the when the teams were out last week, I thought this all this Carl Amon stuff was really weird. I just don't have, I don't have 
the the energy for trade talk this early on seriously <laughs> seriously um <sighs> yeah look is it rebuild time for the eagles i think it might be like you look at the players who are probably going to retire at the end of this year kennedy Hearn, nat nui um i think shoey's on the wrong side of he'd be 32 shoey would he be that old he'd be something like that he's probably got another year in him but you know suddenly these guys that have been there forever these key players i think they i think they're going to lose a bunch of them to uh retirement this year so yeah, it might be real rebuild time they're going to be another team that's going to be looking you know is adam simpson our man Excuse me, moving forward, I don't think he's the sort of coach that's going to lose his job during the season. I think they're going to be very sympathetic to what he's been through already this year. Um, but you know, look, come the end of the year, the Eagles are going to choose a direction. They say, look, do we still think we're in the window? Seriously? Do we still think that Adam Simpson's the guy who can take this list all the way again? Or do we think he's the guy that can do a rebuild? Or do we want a fresh you know, opinion, a fresh set of ideas to, to, you know, to, to build this club up again. Who knows? Who knows? But um, they need to stop getting thrashed. It's not helping. Definitely not helping. Alrighty. And then we, ooh, now this was an interesting game going in. Fremantle versus Carlton. Fremantle versus Carlton. I got to tell you, I didn't think for a second that Carlton were going to win. And I actually did think that Freo were going to win by five goals or so, and they did. But it's still really interesting. Frio are the real deal. I was I was convinced uh, last week when they beat Essendon pretty comfortably. Now I'm even more convinced they are going brilliantly. They are so difficult to score against. They've made it their thing, right? Their back line is rock solid. They're really, really hard to score against. Even when St Kilda beat them, it's the only team they've lost to this year, St. Kilda. St. Kilda only scored 65 points in a victory. So it, it, it just says that they've they've got their back line sorted and it's it's solid as fuck. So yeah, Freo are the real deal. And I don't think Carlton are. I don't think they're the real deal. I'm now not even convinced that they're, you know, going to be in the top eight come the end of the year, especially without Pitnet for a little bit because he was pivotal in, in all their midfield stuff, everything. Everyone playing so well, it, it was him. He was the he was the next Nankervis. Just the the honest, tough, got the job done Ruckman. Now it's gonna be probably young DeConing who's gonna have to do it and you know, who knows how that's gonna go, but yeah, look it, you know Carlton weren't terrible, you know, it was a 35-point loss in the end, and it was the usual suspects, Cripps, Doherty, Walsh, Chera, all played very well, but they could not convert that into scoring. They just couldn't, you know, 62 to 97, and, and, and look, like, how many scoring shots have Fremantle had? 27, and Carlton have had 17, 10 more scoring shots, so... I think that says a lot. And, and like I said, they're going to be without Mark Pitnett for a little bit. So 
they're gonna have to figure something out and we're gonna see how creative Michael Voss can be what you know can he can he inspire his mids to like look you know he'll sit down with De Conning probably if that's if it's gonna be him so look this is what I'm after he won't overcomplicate it be like look you just gotta play this role and he'll, he'll talk to Cripper and he'll talk to Hewitt and he'll talk to the, you know, the, the other Walsh Chera their mids and go look Here's how it's going to work now. He'll, he'll keep it real simple. And I'm fascinated to see how it goes. Really interested because look, I don't, like they were brilliant the first few weeks, Carlton, but they started to drop off. You know, they had that, that the, the two big second half drop-offs a couple of weeks apart, Hawthorne and then uh, whoever it was the other week. Now they've been beaten pretty well by Fremantle. Um, so super interested to see sort of how their year plays out, especially between now and the bye to see, you know, what their form is when we get to the middle of the year. Really interested to see what that's like. Um, like I said, Fremantle going very, very well. Their midfield is going very, very well. Um, Brody, he might end up being the, the pickup of the off season. He's been excellent. Bray Shaw leading the coaches votes. Sarong going really well. Um, a uh, bit of praise for Blake Akers, ex-Saint, kicking a brilliant goal. Everyone's seen that goal. I love the, I love how early the crowd went on that goal. Like, it had just left his boot, and everyone's like, yeah! Obviously, they had a good angle. They could see it was going through. Um, but, yeah, well done to him. Um, speaking of missing Ruckman, they're, they're also they're going to be missing Darcy. I think it was a concussion that he's going to miss with. So, they got Geelong in Geelong this week, so that's already... Not a very good uh, task to have to approach. Now they've got to do it without Darcy. So and Tabana, Tabana's got a he's, he's got one of these strange one week hamstrings. So no no Tabana, no Darcy. They're going to be in a bit of tall trouble. So probably they probably bring in Meek. I think he's available. They bring in Lloyd Meek to do the ruck, and then you've got Rory Lobb. Is the big man up forward? Don't know. Don't know how that's going to go. I think Geelong are probably going to not have too much issue. Honestly, it is. It is in Geelong. It's, it's very, very, very difficult to tip against Geelong in Geelong. Very, very difficult. I think they're still going to. You know, Fremantle's backline is going to hold up. You know, I th- you know the Hawkins Cameron duo. I think Frio will actually be able to deal with them, but I think Frio are going to have too much difficulty scoring themselves, honestly. Um, so I think I think Geelong will get them there. So it's, yeah, interesting. Interesting to see um, lots of things. Let's go with that. All right, speaking of Geelong, they had a pretty handy win against North Melbourne. 10 goals in the end. Probably should have been more. Um, if you look at the, like, if you go into the player stats of this game... And you look at like fantasy points, disposals, whatever. A, lo- a lot of the stats, like 10 of the top 12 players in the game, Geelong players. North, I think, are getting worse. I don't know what is going on. I don't know. Like, like you look at... like They're back to where they were in the first half of last year. First half of last year, they were bloody awful. But they, were, they had a new coach. It was a new game plan. A bunch of young players. They were basically a baby team, Right? And then in the second half of the year, they came good and they started playing really well and they got a bunch of wins. And you would think, oh, heading into the next year, they'd roll off of, like, roll off of that form. No, 
They're back to where they were 12 months ago, right down the bottom, getting belted every week. And I don't know, suddenly, you know, the questions are going to start to come. It's only his second year, so David Noble's fine. But if they don't show improvement, if they keep getting belted every week, the questions are going to come. You know, and like, like Cameron and Organs are the most damaging forward duo in the comp, but the, the, what did they kick, 11 goals between them? Well, I think I think Cameron had seven and Organs had four. Like, that's oh, not good. Not good. And like you look at you look at North and you look at the improvement they were having last year. You think, oh, they're going well. This year, what weapons have they got? Like Larky's been pretty good, but he's sort of by himself down there in the forward line. Their ruck situation. So Goldstein's been, you know, he's on the outer. They're like, right, you're finishing up, which is fine. We're gonna we're gonna stick with Cherry. Where's he at? You know. Horn Francis, yeah, it's his first year and he's going pretty well, but, you know, he needs to have a bit of spark, a bit of excitement, something that the the, the team can look at and go, oh, there's our future. That looks fucking great. I'm pumped, you know. And these other guys, you know, they're they're sort of their new core, Simpkin, Thomas, you know, where are they at? They bring in Hugh Greenwood. What a fucking steal. What an absolute daylight robbery of a pickup. And he's just just doing okay. I don't know. I don't know. And look, coming up, they got Carlton, Fremantle, Port Adelaide, Melbourne. This is what North Melbourne have got in their next month. Not good. I can't see them winning any of those games. You know, if they can maybe, if they can pinch one, maybe it's Carlton or maybe against Port Adelaide. Maybe, maybe they're going to have to be bloody on. You think the only win they had came against an Eagles team that was half a waffle side. So, again, super interested. I'm interested about a lot of things at this time of year. Six rounds in, you start to, you know, you start to see trends, that's for sure. And North are in strife. That is what I'll say. They are in strife. And, and of course, you know, so they're, they're coming up for the game against Carlton. So, Harry Mackay obviously has to somehow be unavailable. <laughs> I think he got suspended or is he can cut? I don't know. I didn't quite see why. I forget why he's going to miss. But for the seventh year in a row, the Mackay brothers will not be playing each other. Let the conspiracy theories run amok. They're the same person. Uh, maybe they are the same person. Who knows? I don't really think they look that much alike, to be honest. But, you know, I think it's a bit of fun. Bit of bit of funny fun stuff in the AFL, but yeah, um, yeah, big trouble down at uh, Arden Street. All right, next game was the Q Clash. The Lions kicked twenty one goals six. Not enough people have been talking about the fact they kicked twenty one goals six in a game where, for a little bit there, it was pouring rain. <laughs> it poured, I think, in the second quarter and into halftime. It just Bucketed down, and they've still kicked 21-6. Ended up winning by 52 points. Um, Bailey, six goals. Very, very good. He's coming along nicely. Jared Lyons, brilliant again. Like, you know, not surprising. Cameron, Charlie Cameron's interesting. He, he was sort of out of form a little bit there, but he's just, he's, he's, he's very, very dangerous all the time. And when he's on, gee, he looks good and... 
Brisbane's forward line is just like, fuck, they can score a shitload. And look what they've done here. They've done exactly that. Very, very dangerous. And when you consider Danaher and the amount of damage he can infl inflict, like, it's it's not a good thing to be coming up against for any back line, that's for sure. Um, and look, Gold Coast weren't terrible. They weren't bad. Like, they've ended up losing... They lost every single quarter. They've lost by 50 points, but they didn't lose any of the quarters by more than two or three goals. And, and at no point did they let Brisbane kick more than three goals in a row. And look, obviously, any 50-point loss is bad. It's a very bad loss. But when you consider the way that football's been played this year, and they never let Brisbane kick more than three goals in a row, I think that's not... Like, it's something to take away, at least. I don't know. They're another team that, I don't know, I think need to be playing better. Like, they've been shit forever. That they, they had that... They were nearly going to make finals when Ablett did his elbow or shoulder or whatever it was, and then they didn't, and then they haven't come close since then. So... I don't know where the Suns are at. Stuart, like, there might be a bunch of coaches that lose their jobs this year. If Stuart Dew, if, if the Suns end this year only on, like, six or eight wins, I don't see how he keeps his job. I don't. Like, oh, we got full faith in Stuart, blah, 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 young team, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's been, this, this is, what, his fourth or fifth year, and they've been crap, 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 crap. You know, this, like, in a Q clash... A game that is actually starting to mean something, a bit of a rivalry. They don't want to be getting belted by 50 points. Come on. And they're putting together a good team. They've got a pretty good team. I know they're missing Ben King, but I love how Chol is going. Like, to think about the Chol-King combination heading into next year, I think that's going to be awesome. That's something to look forward to. But they got so much young talent. Like, look at the young talent that... Gold Coast have got, and compare it to Sydney. I'm going to talk about Sydney in a minute, but compare the two of them. Right? They got they both got a heap of talent under 50 games. Sydney's is light years ahead of where Gold Coast is at. Just just that comparison. I don't know. Don't know. Maybe this Gold Coast thing just is never going to work. Who knows? Maybe it will. Who knows? But um, they got to be doing better than that but i as i said they're all they also weren't terrible so you can try and decipher what the fuck i'm trying to say there okay i think now would be a good time for me to insert the quiz so kat and i have done another quiz for the sixth week in a row um i tried something a little bit different and creative i went with sort of a who am i sort of thing with some some players and some pictures and that sort of thing i think i made it a touch too easy because she got them all without a whole lot of difficulty um but you know it's just me trying something something out so you know she's she's going all right in the quiz um and yeah we're, we're still enjoying it quite a lot so here is the quiz for this week i don't care if you can't see the curve it's not flat the earth is round i've been saying this for <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Round six. Another day, another quiz. You, you're just going to eat yeah. <laughs> rather than speak. Hi. <laughs> I said that you could eat, but I would also like you to talk. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> All right. As usual, there is a sweet treat on the line today. This has been selected 
by Cat herself. It is another Kit Kat. Um, it's more, it's a more, a more traditional Kit Kat than what was the, it was the other week. It was that three segment one, you know, that you were playing for. Remember? This is the same thing. It's just a different type of chocolate. No, but no, like you know how they have those Kit Kats that are in. The, oh, it's, the big it's more box. like a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is your standard four breakable piece Kit Kat, but this is a Kit Kat Gold, golden white chalk for a deliciously caramelized break. If you take that sentence just by itself, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, no. Where's the caramel bit coming from if it's white chocolate? That makes no sense. Anyway, have a break, have a Kit Kat, break society, join now, kitkat.com.au. There you go. Know your proportions. Two fingers, one serve. There you go. There you go. That is your prize today. Yay. You're going to eat that after your... Baker's Delight Mediterranean pizza roll. Yeah. Is that good? Mm. All right. This week for the quiz, I'm doing things a little bit differently. thought I'd just change it up, make it a bit more interesting. I'm not going to do questions about this round or about football in general. We're doing a bit of who am I? Wait, wait, back up. About football in general? So this could just be anyone? No, no. I'm, no, no, I'm saying that's not what I'm doing. Because sometimes I ask you things that are loosely connected to a round of football. Just, oh. you know. I'm not asking you questions per se. We're doing a bit of who am I. But and about AFL. Yeah. And, and they, better be, because if there's someone super left field... And, and that, they, are, they are about players who are currently playing well. Okay. Known players. You should, I, I think you're going to know who these guys are. And how I'm going to do it is I'm going to show Kat pictures of these players. Um, and for those of you who sort of want to do it while you're listening... I'll give a bit of, you know, this player plays for this club. They, you know, kicked this many goals the other day. You know, the, you know, they've won this medal, whatever. You know, I'll do that sort of thing as well. So I've got them all, I've got them all lined up here, ready to go. I'm excited. So, and what I might do is I might give a little bit of info about the player just to see if you can have a guess. Whether you get that guess right or wrong doesn't matter because then you can have a proper oh, go with the picture. I was going to say that's unfair. Just to see. <laughs> just to see. That seems like a setup. Okay. First up, Melbourne player is their captain, premiership captain. Do you know who that is? Max Gorn. Max Gorn, correct. There's a picture. Very good. That's a nice easy one to get you started off with. You didn't need the picture for that one. That's how easy it was. Next. Only because I knew he was their captain. Yeah. If I didn't know, I'd have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, question two is a Bulldogs player. Mm-hmm. Formerly played for Collingwood. Um, kicked two goals on, when did they play? On Saturday? Trillor. When they played? It is Trillor. Very good. Don't even need the pictures. You might need the pictures for this one. Oh, great. Question three, Gold Coast player. Uh-huh. He's one of their co-captains. Oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he made the All-Australian team for the first time last year. Took. Took, Miller? Very good. I had to remember how to pronounce it. Very good. Yeah, the AFL put out that video the other day <laughs> with a bunch of players pr- correctly pronouncing their names. And a lot of, pe- a lot of commentators call him... <laughs> a lot of commentators call him Took Miller, but it is Took. Mm. Took Miller. Very good. Three from three. All right. The next is a Geelong forward, formerly a Giants player. Jeremy Cameron. He kicked seven goals. Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> Have I made this week too easy? 
Well, that's right. So that's four from four. It helps that, as you said, they're really well known. So I know who they are. Yeah. All right. This last one. I'm not going to give any info on this one. I'm just going to show you the picture. Great. That's going to... Oh, God. I feel like his first name is Ollie. But I think... Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. I can't remember the difference between him if he's not Ollie Wines and Ollie Wines. What is that? His first name is Ollie. Yeah, I know. But there's another one named Ollie who plays... For Melbourne or something, isn't there? Isn't that his first name? You're thinking of you get this you get this guy yeah. and Clayton Oliver mixed up. Oh, do I is that Ollie Wines then? This, I is, Ollie, right? this oh, is Ollie Wines. This is Ollie Wines. Oh, well done. Clean <laughs> sweet. To be fair, he's pretty distinctive looking with his very triangular spade like face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say it's more square. I think I think shovel faces are good. <laughs> You know, he's, so mean. he's got, I mean, he's a Brownlow medalist, he can take it. He's got, he's a very, very, he's a square man, just in general. He's very square. Look, look at his whole body. It's very. His whole body is quite square. A little bit of a little bit of Yep. Nicked, <laughs> gone, Kit Kat, gone. All right. That's all right. Now I know that the who am I's are too easy. <laughs> well, they're not too easy. You just picked really easy people. Yeah. Because I. The only one that stumped me is that one. Like if, what description would you have even said? I, I, would, have, I would have said he was the Brownlow medalist from last year. Yeah, see, I keep thinking it's the Melbourne player with the red hair. Who's that? Clayton Oliver. Yeah, okay, so that's why I see, kind of I actually, I actually thought about having him as one of the pictures because he's got the most cooked mug in the AFL. <laughs> he does. And I, and I didn't know if you were going to recognise him. No, from I his could recognise him, but yeah. I would have done the same thing I just did in is, saying, is, 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 is that, that Ollie Wines? Wines? <laughs> yeah, because I don't understand the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Until they're next to each other, and it's yeah. quite obvious. And and the difference between that and asking you sort of like a question that you may or may not know. If I if I do one of these and I break into a player that you don't know, there's not any chance you're going to be able to work it out. Whereas if I ask you, oh, who won on Friday night? You can go, all right, these I don't know who won, but I know which two teams played. And I can't even like, tell you which two teams played on Friday night. Oh, it's us. Yeah, <laughs> good one. Good one. <laughs> But, you know, you could work that out. We won. Yay. <laughs> you could work that out. Whereas if I did this and you just didn't know who the player was, you can't work it out. So. I probably could get close. Yeah. Like, I could probably suggest another person on their team. No. Maybe, maybe I'll sort of start to mix some in. Maybe I'll throw in a who am I every now and then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done. Five, five, five on the on, on the trot today, as they would say. You got, just spat on me. You're now... You're, <laughs> I spat on you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're four and two now. You've only got two quizzes wrong. You're doing well. Yay. Doing very good. This means I'm going to start putting on weight because I'm eating so much more chocolate than <laughs> Well, the good thing about Kit Kats is you can break them apart and give somebody a boyfriend. Who's that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a pop culture question for me? I can ask you one if you want. Yeah, well, you've been doing that every week. We'll keep it up. I'm trying to think. Oh, I haven't. <clears throat> eaten. Oh, I mean, it could be easy because I've showed you. What about something in relation to this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard business? Maybe see what see what my level of knowledge is about that. I mean, my level of knowledge about that isn't great because it upsets me too much. Fair enough. It's very upsetting. Um. Hmm. Mm. Here's a relatively easy one because we've literally discussed it before, and I've showed you a photo before. We've, it's just we've a matter discussed of... it before. We've known each other for four years. Recently, we've discussed it, right? Because it's a topic that we're considering as well, right? What? Right. What type of dog, and what is the name of that dog? This is pop culture. Does Tom Holland have? 
It is pop culture because oh, he doesn't takes he, her everywhere. Doesn't he? Doesn't he also have the same dog that we have? A staffy. Does, doesn't he have a staffy? He does. What's yeah. the staffy's name? What's the staffy's name? I've told you about her because she's really cute. Oh, what's she's the blue staffy? staffy love blue staffy. What does it start with? T. 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 Classic girl dog name. Uh, I don't know. T. Twookmiller. Not that. I don't know. Tessa. Tessa. There you go. Tessa, the blue English. Thought he had a staffy. Yeah, Yeah, he does have a staffy. There you go. Um, I can't really think of anything else. That'll do. One, one will do. Oh, here's here's a good one because it's relevant to something we did this weekend. Apparently, one will not do. (laughs) Something that's not really pop culture. That's just like we've talked about it. Is the new Fantastic Beasts movie doing better? Or worse than the sequel, which did significantly worse than the first one. So, is have, the third you, have movie, you seen the box office for yeah. this? Is the third movie doing? I would imagine it is doing loads. I'd imagine it's doing loads better. No, it's doing worse currently than the opening weeks of the second movie, which flopped completely. Really? There yeah. you go. So, there you go. hanging in was, the balance there about whether or not they it, do it, any more of them. It was it was a good ways better. It was than better. the second one. Yeah. Gotta say. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's the best of the three. I don't think it's the best. I think the only reason the first one is a bit better is because it introduces a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's like kind of interesting because mm. of that. Um, anyways, that's why they rounded out the movie the way that they did at the end there. Yeah, I know they want to make more because I'd like... No, but they rounded it out in case it flopped and they couldn't make it more. So it's a but complete he, but he, story. But he, but he got away. Yeah, but it's a complete story up until that point. Except for the fact that the baddie's still at large. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was great. Well done on the Who Am I's. Good job. I'll have to... I'm going to have to start making it a bit more difficult because I think your football knowledge is growing. I don't think it is. Growing by the day. I think I'm just quite good at quizzes. Okay. <laughs> well, lucky. We'll, we'll see how that holds up next week, that statement. Okay. I probably won't now that you've said that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Back to the podcast. There we have. <coughs> excuse me. There we have it. Hope you guys are enjoying those uh, those quizzes. They're just a bit of fun. Let me know if you're enjoying the football quiz more, or the pop culture quiz that I <laughs> that I've been copying. Um, yeah, it's all just a bit of fun. All right. Next up is the Anzac Eve, the annual Anzac Eve game between Richmond and Melbourne. What a fascinating game this was. Um, Melbourne only victorious by twenty two points. But that might be because they kicked nine goals, 22 behinds. Um, Not good. (laughs) Um, Not good for either team because obviously Melbourne didn't win by that much in the end. Um, And it's not good for Richmond because they should have been absolutely destroyed. They should have lost by 10 goals plus. Um, It's interesting as, you know, as Melbourne are just ticking wins off the board every week, which players are consistently doing the most damage to the opposition. And and I think I think it really is basically every week it's Oliver and Langdon. Like Oliver's such a brilliant player that he's turned himself into, but Langdon, his ability to just run all day up and down and up and up, 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 you know, basically involving himself in every single passage of play 
he is just so damaging and he's so difficult to match up on because no one's got the tank to go with him. So yeah, really, really uh, bad times for anyone going to the wing to play Melbourne. Um, you know, their forward line as well. Everyone knows exactly how Melbourne are going, but it's interesting how um, Wiedemann and Brown, that combo, not one we've seen very much because Tom McDonald's been going quite well, but, um, you know, maybe McDonald's now going to find it difficult to get back into the side. You know, Wiedemann was really good, and Brown, I think, I think Brown's got to be there every week. He's too good to not be, so... Don't know. I, I think that's really um, maybe that's what we what they're going to go with long term. You know, McDonald's at the the other end of his career. Brown's not young either, but Wiedemann, you know, is on the young side. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if McDonald can break his way back into the side. And it's going to be it, maybe he will. You know, given they're going to be missing Jackson next week. Um, so no Jackson, no Cozy Pickett, no Sparrow, um, all out. COVID uh, reasons for their game against the Hawks. Those three are all really important players. So it's going to be, you know, suddenly it's a little bit of a danger game against Hawthorne. I still don't think they're going to have too much difficulty. But, um, yeah, they've got to be on. Because, you know, especially Jackson, you know, who's going to be their second Ruckman? Maybe Wiedemann, don't know. Uh, maybe, probably not Brown, I wouldn't think. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Lots of things that I think are interesting at the moment. Um, God, the Tigers are toast, aren't they? Seriously. Like, they, 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 are, they play in such a way that they look really good, except they're not winning games. They're now, what are they, two and four? And look, they only lost this game by 22 points. But you got to look at it this way, right? Yeah, you can look at how inaccurate Melbourne were, but then you say, oh, but if, you know, for every time they kicked a goal instead of a point, then the ball would have gone back to the middle, to the middle, and we would have had a different sequence of events. Whatever, fine. All right, don't look at that. Look at the number of inside 50s and how different that was, right? So Melbourne have had 22 more inside 50s in this game in Richmond. That is a lot. It's a lot of inside 50s. That's a lot of opportunities to score. So I think this margin is enormously flattering to Richmond compared to what it could have been. So they're another... Like, I'm not saying Hardwick's going to lose his job by any stretch of the imagination, but they're another... And it'll be fascinating to see how they go once Dusty comes back in, you know, whether there's a change to morale... What, what actual difference he makes in terms of how well the team goes. Because, you know, he, he'll come back in probably round eight, um, you'd think. Maybe round nine, depends where he's at. You know, what level of, in, of enthusiasm is he going to have? How well is he going to play? How much of a morale boost is it going to be? I don't know. It'll be, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, they, prob- they need him back as soon as possible because, you know, they're... they're I mean, you can see, you can tell that the the dynasty is over. That's not going to continue. But you know, they want to be competitive. They still got a good team, Richmond. And they want to be playing better than this. That's for sure. All right, and then the first of two Anzac Day games was Hawthorne versus Sydney, and Sydney gone really well, really, really well. Um, I think really, like at the moment, 
and I can't see this changing, I think there's only three teams that can win it this year. It's Melbourne, obviously, and then Brisbane and Sydney. Yeah, St Kilda and Fremantle are both going really well, but I think when it comes time for both of those teams to play the big teams, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, they're not going to be on the same level. I don't think Geelong are going to finish top four. Um, I think they'll finish below all of the five teams that I've just mentioned. Um, So I think it is down to these three. And Sydney just, like I mentioned before, the amount of talent, the enormous amount of talent that they have under 50 games is frightening. So they got you know they got four or five players who are all just absolute guns and they've all played like twenty or thirty games. It's you know they're going really really well. Um, Callum Mills, this move that he's made into the midfield has been remarkable. It's been amazing to watch. He's suddenly one of the best midfielders in the competition, just out of nowhere. And you know, I mentioned before, Laddams leaving Port Adelaide. He's playing really, really well. I, like, I don't know how Tom Hickey now fits into this side, if he does at all. Um, but to have Laddams and Hickey both, you know, as possibilities to be your number one Ruckman, I think they're in very, very good shape. Sydney, that's for sure. Um, it's the, the Paddy McCartan thing. I'm so glad that it's not a bad concussion. And so it, it looks like you just missed this week just with a concussion protocol, which is fantastic. Um, I think the vision during the game was really telling. I don't think that was his reaction to realizing he's going to miss one game of football. I think that was him having a bit of a panic attack. I think every single time anything like this happens to him for the rest of his career, until he sees a doctor, he's not going to know if his career's over. Every single head knock, especially if he if he doesn't pass a concussion test and gets subbed out of a game, how scary would that be? How unbelievably scary would that be for him? That he like he's you know he's just failed a concussion test, and we we know how many he's had. So he's had so many concussions throughout his very short career, in the thirty something games that he's played. You know, so yeah, I, I think what we saw on the coverage was not him being upset about being sub out of the game or missing next week. I think he was thinking long term would be my guess. So it's fantastic news that he's just going to miss the week. Um, I'm honestly a bit surprised that he's not playing with the helmet on um, like he did in his last year or so with St Kilda. Um, Maybe that's something he will consider moving forward. But um, for now, he's been playing really well. So just just fingers crossed that we can avoid anything serious with his head. Just, well, that, that would be one of the worst things ever. If something happened to him, that'd be absolutely horrible. Um, look, Hawthorne, I think the problem with Hawthorne is they don't have four quarters in them. Like we, you know, we saw they were that they blew Sydney away in the first quarter. They did the same thing last week, smashed along early, and you know this week they were able to sort of maintain that lead into the second and third quarter. But by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, Sydney just had heaps left in the tank, and the Hawks didn't. And you know, Sydney being able to pile on nine goals 
in the last quarter is very telling as to Hawthorne's ability to play out a game. So, and you know, they're a young side, so it's not, you know, it's not really their fault. That'll just come naturally. Um, But what they don't want to do is allow teams to just kick goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. I think they kicked eight of the nine goals from that last quarter in the last 10 minutes or something. They kicked so many goals so quickly late in the game because Hawthorne were just done. And that's what you want to avoid. You want to be like, even if you're like, yeah, like we've lost this game. We're five goals down. There's five minutes to go. This isn't happening. To be able to just shut the game down and, and sort of keep that margin where it is, is something that they're going to be working on for sure. All right, and then we had the the Anzac Day game, and it was probably the, not probably, it was definitely the best game of the round. It was a fucking excellent game. Collingwood getting over the line by 11 points. Um, Ginevan winning the, winning the Anzac Day medal, which just, you know, what a story. He's already been six weeks into the year. Um, the stuff with Kane Corns, he's... He, his hair, his attitude, like he's a bit of a dickhead, not a bit, he's a dickhead, but but oh, he's very, very watchable. And you can tell that he just, he just wants to have fun. He just wants to play footy. Like he's 19. It's hard to criticize him for being a bit of a dickhead when he's 19, you know, um, just, you know, as long as he doesn't do anything really stupid, like something off field, if he wants to be a bit of a, bit of a larrikin, as they would say, on field, go for it. You know, him shushing the Essen fans, just a bit of fun. You know, just a bit of fun. Um, I found out today or yesterday, I forget that he's from Castle, Maine, which is interesting, you know, not far from where I am here in Bendigo. And he, he played for Golden Square for a bit there, played for Newstead, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, well... I really, really liked how we went. And, and I'm glad they didn't go with one of the accumulators for best on ground or anything like that. He kicked five goals in his 10th game on Anzac Day. Like, that's a fucking effort and a half. Very, very well-deserved medal, that is for sure. Um, Jeremy Howe was also fantastic. He was also in contention for the medal. He was excellent. Um, Grundy, he, Grundy was pretty well beaten by Draper across the first three quarters, but then in that last quarter, he was a huge part of the reason that they won. He was massive. And when you consider he was basically, he was going on one leg, like his knee was fucked by that point. And we now know he's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks, um, which is bloody horrible. Um, really, really not good for the pies. Um, but you know, what he did in that last quarter was just amazing. If his first three quarters had been, if he'd beaten Draper across the first three quarters, he probably would have ended up with the medal because he was an absolute champion on one leg in that last quarter. Um, that being said, Draper, very, very well done, young man. He's he's building a, a resume quite nicely, I would say, Sam Draper. Um, Darcy Parrish, Darcy Parrish, Mr. 30 touches in a half um, that amounted to effectively nothing. Really, he had 30 touches in the first half. They sent Lipinski to Lipin- they sent Lipinski to him, um, and he had what 14 touches in the second half. So, um, it worked the tag, um, but I don't think they needed to do it. I don't think they needed to do it all because, yeah, he had 30 touches, but they, they were nothing. They were nothing disposals. They were just little, 
little hand passes, they weren't damaging at all. And, and there are lots of midfielders who do this occasionally. They'll have enormous numbers, like 35 plus, and their team will still lose because they're just racking it up, getting lots of quick handballs. Like the Bulldogs have done this from time to time, but heavy, heavy handball games so the players are racking up disposals. But but Parrish, like you look at Parrish last year when he was having enormous numbers, he was doing a lot of damage. And just in this game where he needed to be, you know, at his best, he just wasn't, you know. He, but he, he ended up probably being... Essendon's best player just by, you know, his pure statistics. But, you know, what level of impact did he have on the result? And I thought Essendon were really good. I thought both teams were really good. And, like, this was, this was like, competitive. All those lead changes in the second half, it was really, really exciting. But just Parrish specifically, he's going to get a bit of heat this week, I would say, for the number of disposals he had for such little impact on the scoreboard. Um but yeah, that's, that's just what happens. And Essendon, like, it's really, really hard to tell where they're at because they've had such a tough draw. You know, they've played Geelong, Melbourne, Fremantle, Brisbane. Um, I think they've played Sydney as well, have they? They've had a really, really tough... I think the only team that they've played that isn't currently in the top eight is Adelaide. And Adelaide are in tenth, so they've had a really tough draw so far. So I think we need to give them you know, a little bit extra time before we judge them. Let them play some teams that aren't in the top eight. Um, give them a chance to maybe work their way back up the ladder themselves before we judge them. Um, and you know, let Stringer come back, play a bit more footy, merit some of these players that have missed. So you know, I, th- I think yeah, I think Essendon have had a really really rough start to the year and I think we need to give them a bit more time before we before we judge them and say that they're, you know, they're just having a shit year all right that's it for this week guys thanks heaps for listening another big round of footy coming up next week um I'm I'm wrapped for this weekend coming up because it's an old-fashioned fixture there's no Thursday there's no nothing one game Friday, five games Saturday, three game, three games Sunday. Fuck yes, boy. Give me that every week. Squish it all in to three days. I, I don't know why, but I really, really like that. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, thanks for listening. Remember to like and subscribe and do all that stuff. I really appreciate it. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye.